Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, inspiring IT cultural change with special guest Amy Tong, CIO of the State of California. Amy, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. You're the first CIO of one of the states I've talked to, and it's a great state. I live in California, too. So thank you for doing such a great job. Um, I have seen a huge difference in, especially during COVID, with uh, your leadership. Um, I've seen major changes. It's been amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you became the CIO of uh, California. Oh my goodness! Um, how much time do we have uh, <laughs> on this? But um, it's uh, it's it's really um, you know just a, a privilege and pleasure um, to be uh, originally asked by Governor Brown and uh, being asked by uh, Governor Newsom to also state uh, um, you know doing uh, my second term uh, of the state CIO. But prior to this, I I was really. Um, you know, one of those uh, technologists uh, working in the uh, state entity public sector for, gosh, um, close over 20 years now, um, started with uh, environmental science, um, dealing a lot with data, and then um, ended up um, moving to the pension side of the house, um, joining CalPERS, uh, which is a, a kind of a, a, a well fit to my business background, um, and supported that effort and learned a lot and then um, had a chance to work with other uh, uh, entities in the state government, such as uh, tax and feed and even lottery before I really find uh, my true calling, which is joining the health and service, health and human services side of the uh, business entity. And um, that's right around the time the uh, affordable health care system was brought up, um, uh, lots of initiative to support the child welfare system, and it's just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity um, to learn and grow there before Governor Brown um, asked me to step into the state CIO role. So you've been in this role for how many years then? Oh my goodness. I think it's close to, oh, or maybe just a little bit over five years. Well, that's that's awesome. That's, uh, that's a, a long time for CIOs sometimes. I was a CIO myself. I know how easy it is to get burned out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you survive? not burning out. What's your trick? Who says I'm not burned out at the moment? <laughs> yeah, but, there you um, go. Kidding aside, I think I'm just very, very fortunate to have an outstanding team of executives yeah. and senior staff who not only energize me every day, but motivates me to work harder than, than they are, um, because as you lead by example, right? And I think, um, especially in the last 18 months dealing with pandemic and um, we, my, my almost, you know, my entire department, uh, which typically is an oversight role, have really had to roll out our sleeve to join the pandemic response. But seeing the impact that we're making, seeing the positive results that we are bringing through the use of technology and digital transformation, I think it just reminds us every day why it is so important to do what, what um, you know, the, the, the state government and the public service need to do. So, so tell me a little, yeah, yeah, tell me a little bit about what that was like when 
I, I, it hit so fast, right? I remember the day, March 13th, 2020. That's right. right. And it, I think it happened to be a Friday. It was a Friday the 13th. You're right. Yeah, it was. Oh, so man. what was that like for you and your staff? Because it was almost like overnight. We it saw was- it coming and we were like, oh, it's like the swine flu or the bird flu. We've had those before. But no, this was like, boom, all of a sudden, everything shut down. Exactly. And, and the ironic part is that day, I still remember, we were hosting because, uh, you know, being the state uh, CIO, there's a lot of responsibility, right? One of them, believe it or not, is actually managing the broadband service for the state of California. And literally on that day, we had, I think, our very last in-person meeting talking about hey, it's really need the time to accelerate, you know, broadband service for all Californians. (laughs) And because, you know, not, there's a growing needs of these um, internet of things and, you know, just digital services. And I think as doing the meeting, we got a call to say, we all need to send everybody home and um, we need to, you know, start working from home because of, you know, this COVID-19 thing is bigger than anybody anticipated. And immediately after that, we had to transition um, 200,000, over 200,000 state employee into working from home. We have to figure out, um, and this is not just a state operation, but, you know, statewide, how to make sure all the distant learning, you know, working with the school district, working with the uh, superintendent's office to figure out how to make sure that all the schools are transitioning into a distant learning. And that is only K through 12. And of course you have higher ed, you know, from community college to CSU to UC and, you know, so on and so forth. And it was looking back, it was ironic, who would have known broadband issue all of a sudden overnight becomes the most urgent matter um, in dealing with all of our, um, you know, day-to-day business. And which is, we are so pleased that um, with the governor and the legislature support that there's a, a historic um, uh, investment into broadband in, in this year's budget and it, for, for several years to come. Um, so, so changing everybody into a telework distance learning overnight, we started with 5% capability into within the month to get everybody set up and have ability to do so. So probably in, a, in about a month away, we got the state capability to about 92%. So tell me, tell me what you think, because IT has never moved so fast. Um, I, I, and your, your story is very similar. I had um, other departments in the uh, federal government call me and say, we need help. We've got to move 800,000 people to online work in the next three or four weeks. How were you able to do that? Because before it would take years to do that. Exactly. I, I think, you know, one of the, the things that we really, and I'm sure we're going to have time towards the end to kind of really recap the lessons learned. I think one is people just didn't think twice. They say, this is what needs to be done. Just let's do not, you know, overanalyze things and let's just get moving. And, and I think, um, you know, and we call actually a lot of vendors to help out because it's not about just getting people remote working from home. They got to have the equipment, they have to have the security set up, they have to have the um, connectivity, you know, that can support this level of working. They got to have necessary tools. Um, we, lots of late night, uh, as I'm sure everybody yeah. kind of went through that phase and we just made it happen. 
Um, and and I think it, it, you know, I'm sure there's decision, you know, not not everything is perfect, but um, you know, we have to keep moving and 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 that level of conviction and ability to just make decision and move, I think really change how we do things from a pace aspect. So do you did you feel like you had to make all the decisions or were you able to push the decision making down the chain? I think, um, I mean, at the end of the day, the bug stops with me. Um, but, you know, I don't make unilateral decision by any means because I know I'm not the smart person in the room. Um, I do have to consult a lot with an executive team and the tech community and frankly, getting a lot of great advice from the vendor community, you know, Intel being one of, one of them. Um, by talking to folks are like, yep, this is the best decision we can make at the moment. Let's just go. So, so I, I love how you said it's not, you got rid of the overanalyzing, right? Because before, oh, I had a project plan. We would go to a committee. Vendors would, we had, we had to move fast. Operationally, again, after after everything shut down, what would you say was probably the biggest hurdle that kind of surprised you? And I didn't even think that would be a big deal, but it ended up being bigger than you thought. I think from purely an operation aspect, getting people, you know, work from home and 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 this is given the time that most of us actually have PC rather than a laptop. <laughs> It's just the mobility of our workforce. I think it took a little bit of time for people to get, you know, used to that. And there was like shortage on all the supplies and everything. So people literally just have to make dues um, with what's what's at hand and just go with it. And then later on, when there's more supplies with laptops and stuff like that, we upgraded that. I, I would say overall, moving the workforce to the telework, I, you know, to this day, looking back, I say it could have gone, it could have not gone any more smooth than it had been. And really it's just people were understanding, they were flexible and um, allow that continuous improvement to happen. Cybersecurity is something that um, I think was, 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 was a big hurdle that making sure people working from home had the same good, you know, practice if they were in the office. That took a little bit of a cultural change. Oh, I bet it did. Yeah. <laughs> so please don't just download things willy-nilly. Yeah, don't don't let your twelve-year-old play Minecraft on uh, on Never. the state thing, and they're downloading right. well whatever they can find, any new skin or whatever for right. <laughs> Minecraft. Right. Yeah. So, so I think from the operational side, that that when that when you know. Was still pretty good, and if I may, um, Darren, maybe use that. Like, what surprised me in a good way is coming back to a little bit on the business service delivery side. That the desire for data, that the desire for using uh, evidence-based decision-making process, is something that we also had to accelerate overnight. Um, so, one hand, I know it sounds a little oxymoron, right? One hand is like, hey, just don't overanalyze, make a decision, and go. On the other hand, there are critical decisions. We do want to take the necessary time to have a, you know, data supporting those decisions. And that's, you know, we did put narrow the focus on those critical decisions that require evidence-based support and put a lot of effort in providing data. So that's really interesting because what you just said is focus. It made you focus on what was important and the things that weren't important just got kind of pushed behind. They, they had to, right? Because 
there was enough bandwidth to do everything. So that's interesting. That's exactly right. You just become more surgical yeah. on the ability to make decisions and what requires analyze analysis. What is like, go, because it's not as risky, go. Yeah, no, no, that, make, that makes sense. So now, I mean, we're, we're what are we, eight, 18 months into the pandemic? We're in another, another, you know, variant is shutting things down again, right? How do you now work with your workforce, this hybrid? Because everyone's talking hybrid. I got to go in the office sometimes. Sometimes I'm at home. Your workers are now portable, mm -hmm. right? So what challenges do you see with that? Is that different than, hey, we, we just moved to remote work? Is there another shift that we have to make to, in this new model of in the office, not in the office, back and forth? Or do you see that as uh, just an extension of, of the big transition that we already made? So I would say first thing is to say it is we're actually still learning what that workforce looked like moving forward. Um, I, you know, the, the administration have really set the tone, which are, you know, welcome that you know, uh, uh, telework is for the foreseeable future. And which means that, you know, uh, some position probably would be permanent telework because frankly, we have seen increase in productivity and some positions, you know, maybe not so good um, for teleworking. And then that way we got to figure out how to bring them back to the office in a safe environment. Um, but but also recognizing if you used to have a team of, I don't know, 20 people that you usually work with, but only half them come back, the dynamic, the office dynamic would also it's, be very oh, different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so I think we're still learning our way through. And um, fortunately in the department of technology, because most of the things that we're able to do, um, you know, through a telework setting, um, I'm, you know, for my only speaking for my department, our 95% of a workforce is going to continue to telework. That's not necessarily true from, you know, other department that might have more customer facing services. Right. But, but you have to be able to support not just your department, but all the departments of California and, and give the strategic direction on where to go. Right. So that's still, and you're in good company there. Comp uh, Intel itself is still trying to figure this out, yeah. right? Yeah. And and most of the most of the uh, companies are still you know dealing with this strange world. We live in a weird world right now. We really do. I I, I think one thing that perhaps not so much evident before in deciding those um, you know whether telework or not, not telework, but it does become more evidence now, and that's something that we are very purposeful um, with is really your staffs, um, how do they, what is the well-being of your staff? You really have to think about from their angle. It is just because, you know, the company has used to do things a certain way, is that really the best way to support your staffs in their product productivity and their fulfillment of, of their career, right? We, we solicit a lot of input from our staff is, what is it that you like to do? that you feel supported, productive, but importantly, you know, the self-care is part of that equation. Um, we frankly have some individuals like, I can't concentrate at home. I feel isolated at home. I want to come back in the workspace. Great. We have space set up for you. And there are individuals that their priority, their perspective of change, 
the you know the work-life balance and they, they may not want to do eight to five but you know what they're more productive seven o'clock at night you know, because you know everything else taken care of great then let's be flexible with that type that type of arrangement i think what we're really trying to get to it's about the outcome as opposed to some type of box that we're trying to fit them in in terms of the way it works i'm glad i'm glad you said that because i've had some people ask me how do I measure the productivity of my people if I can't see them? And I thought, whoa, that's kind of an old style. If I don't see you in the office, you're not working. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. We have to come up with new ways of measuring success of our organization. That isn't how many hours did I put in today? It's how, what did I accomplish today? And and what is the best time for an individual? I love the wellness thing that you mentioned because a lot of people are having a rough time with this, mm -hmm. right? How, how do I balance my life? Because my life is, and, and for me personally, I got relegated uh, to our bedroom <laughs> because the kids, when they were you know, doing remote learning, they took over my office at home. My wife had her office at home. I was stuck in the bedroom and I literally was in that room for most, most of my days. Right. Until finally I kicked the kids out. We had a little game room. I kicked the kids out of there and made it my office. Um, but that's a big deal for a lot of people. Right. Um, how do, where does work start and where does work end? Um, and this whole balance, it's, I, I think you hit it on the nose on the wellness thing. I think that's a big issue that we have to deal with. Hey, Darren, just so you know, you're actually better off. I'm still relegated in the bedroom. Are you? <laughs> you got to, I, I finally said, I, it was funny, that whole thing, because I was like, wait, the kids have the game room, their bedroom, and my office. They have three things, three places to go. I have one. And I said, I'm taking one of the rooms. <laughs> so um, it, it's been, it, it's been a learn, as you said before, we're still learning. Uh, let, let's shift gears a little bit. How do you um, strategically plan for things now when we've been so tactical over the last 18 months, right? Where before we were probably maybe too strategical as, a, as an industry, we, you've been highly tactical the last 18 months, I'm guessing, right? How do you now blend in the strategy and the tactics? What's your, how, how do you balance that? That's a that's an excellent question, and in fact, you know, now that we had had past tense a little bit of breathing room, when we, you know, the last, you know, at end of July, I mean, I'm sorry, end of June to July, there was yeah, we a, had about two months. Yeah, <laughs> two months, a little bit of reprieve from from you know thinking things were a little bit calmer. So a lot of us have uh, you know took some time to just reflect, and and in fact, that from the highly tactical in the past eighteen months, comparing to perhaps overly strategic planning things you know five years on and all that i think a hybrid of that is really what we are become more and more comfortable what i mean by that is you know things don't necessarily have to plan you know three years out things don't necessarily have to be like either or i i feel like we are continue um 
to to work down the path and 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 frankly it's it's something that we called out in the uh, state's vision 2023 uh strategic plan um is that you keep your north star still up there and that is the strategic view but really really incrementally deliver the service and incrementally improve what you're delivering so that that has that essence of um, time to market which i'm sure private sector you've said a lot oh yeah um at the same time, with the willingness that, okay, nothing is perfect, you improve, you go on, you move on. And, and I think people are getting more and more comfortable with that type of approach and, and not afraid that perhaps the bumps along the road is going to be overly publicized. Um, so that it puts people into a really risk averse mode. So, so do you think it's because people are a little bit more forgiving now? Um, you know what I mean? I, we, we can blame it on COVID, right? I mean, we can, we can say, oh, you know, this was a little misstep. We were moving fast because of COVID um, and we can adjust to this. It, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll recover from this quickly. Do you think that's the reason why? I, this may be my wishful thinking. And I think if, um, you know, the audience who are public sector, they, they probably can, this will resonate that when you're working in the public sector, you're, you're. Oh, magnifying glasses on you. Oh, right, yeah. right. You're, you're in the fishbowl. And so I think that I don't know if it's more forgiving or perhaps I'm hoping for more understanding. I more like that. understanding that we're all human beings. Nobody's wake up in the morning to say, how do I screw this up? Right. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's doing that. Everybody's trying their hardest or darnest they can to make the best move, to make the best decision. Now, is that perfect? Absolutely not. Is there gonna be misstep along the way? Absolutely not. Are we okay with that? I'm saying we are. In fact, those scars that I get from not being perfect, it's, it builds you. Like, you know, like um, we, we call that honor scar. That An honor just, scar, I like that. Right? That just means that you're willing to make changes. You're willing to take action. You're willing to get things done along the way. Okay, not so perfect, but we made a difference. I no, I, I really like that. Instead of, I'm only going to deploy this new service when it's absolutely perfect, right? And and that's how we used to be before. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that because there was something that, we as a culture, we as a people went through together worldwide. We, we haven't done that in generations. That I think maybe we're all, okay, I understand. I have that understanding now. I have that common um, experience. So maybe we're getting too philosophical, uh, philosophical <laughs> now. But So, what, um, so let's, let's talk about the future then. Okay. So what do you think uh, your biggest challenge will be this next year? I, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was talking to my staff. Um, there, there is a group of us that, who were on this pandemic response strike team task force, uh, however we call it, but 18 months. They're, they're, they're looking about it's like, my gosh, how do we top this in terms of the impact you know, the, the joy, even though it's hard work, but the joy knowing that you actually save somebody's life because of these hard work, you know, how do you top that? So they're like, ah, oh, you know, the, 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 the impact of their work. And then you do have a group that 
perhaps, you know, not at the forefront, but they are in the back holding down the fort and they're trying to see what, you know, how do they connect the dots that just because they're in the, in the back, they may not realize the immediate impact of their work, but they know they were able to support the team that able to do that. I think kind of getting that perspective together to say, look, how do we make sure everybody can have a good sense of their work? How does their work making a positive change? Is, is the first thing that I want to focus on to really bring people back to what is the new norm, right? The new norm should not be working 20 hours a day, seven days a week. And the new norm can also be like, oh my gosh, if you're not at the forefront, you're, you're, you're somewhere in the back. I think we get a rebalance that a little bit. So that's really from the staff's, um, you know, morale, motivation, inspiration side of things. Second, we did put a lot of things on hold this day because of the pandemic response. We want to get back to a little bit more visionary thinking, strategic thinking. So for example, we launched a vision 2023 on January, <laughs> 2021. I'm sorry. Oh God, I, I don't in even 20, remember. In 20, yeah, 20. 2020, yeah. That's right. I know it's like this year and a half didn't happen, right? Exactly, what happened? <laughs> Um, but but there's challenge that we laid out in there. We frankly didn't spend any focus on. We we couldn't. Um, so I want to bring those vision back in. So remind folks what the north stars are, and then laying out our our path forward, our roadmap forward. Um, so that that's going to be a good and much welcomed conversation to really refocusing on um, chart our own own way for the as the new norm. So that, that would be my two primary uh, focus is making sure staff feel supported and laying out our vision of what's to come. So you, you talk a lot about culture, I can tell, just in the conversation we've had, that cultural shift. And you're saying, this is a great opportunity to have a new culture change. Because the last year and a half has been hair on fire, craziness. And before that, probably like most organizations, much more methodical process, you know, what's the culture look like for you now? How can you take advantage? I, I hate to say take advantage of the pandemic, but let's say take advantage of the culture shift that we're in the middle of. What would you want that culture to look like coming out of this? I, I think, yeah, thank you for, you know, you know, acknowledging the fact that, um, Culture is an important piece of, as I'm, you know, thinking ahead and how to, you know, provide that level of leadership that it's needed. Because at the end of the day, people are, are you know, our staff are who is going to deliver. And yeah. we're going to be relying on them to help carry the, 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 the water, so to speak, right? And our job as, you know, leaders in, in, in this is, modeling the way and really have to take their well-being as, as the most important um, you know, consideration when we're making our decision. And that culture shift of being flexible to how to support how they work, being, uh, 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 what do you call it, um, have the confidence to make decisions without having to overanalyzing things so that they can feel more fulfilled and empowered and so what if things don't go perfect? Okay, you dust it off, you move on. I think creating that very positive and empowering working environment 
is going to make a huge difference in helping people re-indoctrinate it into what is our new norm. Our new norm, yeah. People are thinking, hey, you're talking to a say, CIO. It's almost about what is the next move to move to cloud? What is the next move on, on security? Yeah. I'm thinking those those are going to come. Yeah, Those are going to come. You know, the market could drive a certain way. Technology always going to continue to evolve. I don't see those being changing at all. If anything, is more accelerated. Yeah. But I think what's forgotten is the fact that our workforce, this culture of ability to take risk and, you know, make decisions and, and try things out and go through proof of concept to make sure services delivered. That's what I wanted to um, you know, seize that moment, momentum that has developed through the pandemic. No, I, I think that's a, a great, a great thing to do. So here's my here's my last question for you. If you could say anything to all the other state CIOs to help them out, because I think generally we all want every state to do well, right? What advice would you give them? Because you're the largest, you have the largest budget, probably. We're the largest state, California. We have the largest, sixth the largest economy in the world. So, you know, it, it impacted us quite a bit, COVID. What advice would you give to all the other CIOs out there? I think one thing that, one advice I would give to the state CIO as a, you know, coming out of this pandemic or is the fact that do a lot of proof of concept. Um, work closely with, you know, just be very open on different ways of solving one problem. There are definitely multiple ways oh, of yeah. achieving an outcome. Do a bunch of proof of concept before you set your mind on certain things. And 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 I think the way we do procurement, the way that we get consultings from a vendor community, the ways that we're making decision, tough decisions, is through trying it out. And 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 that's I think is saved us quite a bit and it helped propelled us in the digital transformation. And that is something that, you know, in the California, we're gonna to continue to do quite a bit more is just roll up your sleeve, do proof of concept. And that's, you know, the outcome of those proof of concept would better inform us on uh, decision-making. So I, I really like that because it's trying things instead of just analyzing things, trying things, getting real data, instead of, oh, another market research, right? You, you want to try things out. I, I, I really like that approach. It, uh, um, I'm, I'm seeing that in other organizations that are starting to do that too. Exactly. Well, great. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.